So today we wanted to talk about sex work. Um, so I think it's pretty obvious to most people that libertarian topia has, uh, you know, sex work is not illegal. So anyone who wants to can be a sex worker. Um, why? Why is this good for society, Tim? If you're hard on liberty, you got to support it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can <laughs> well, listen, you know, whatever, what, you know, there, there's uh, an economics professor that I like who wrote a book called Market, Markets Without Limits. His name's Peter Jaworski. And he makes a great quote, which says, uh, um, whatever you are permitted to do for free, you should be permitted to do for money. Right. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, the bottom line is, do you own your body or don't you? Are you in control of it? Um, You know, if if you can give it away for free, why can't you give it away in exchange for some cash or something like that? It's the oldest profession. Um, And yeah, I mean, the, the, the question is really is not <laughs> to me. And it's just such a weird question about, uh, you know, why should you be allowed to do this or why should this be permitted? The question is, why should it be permitted to point guns at people and tell them, tell consenting adults what they can and can't do? Why should that be permitted? That That's yeah. what shouldn't be permitted. Right. And that's so at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm threatening your well-being because I think you're threatening your own well-being. I don't think you're acting in your best interest, so I'm going to threaten you until you right. don't, which is kind of the standard libertarian uh, go-to, right? Um, yeah. But so I want to clarify that, like, I don't think sex work is morally good. Like, I'm opposed to right. it morally, but I just don't think people should be forced to not do it as well. Um, but I, I do want to, like... I when I was in Amsterdam, right, they have free, I mean, like it's sex work is legal there. And and experiencing the I didn't actually experience it firsthand. Mm. But I had, um, you know, someone in my hostel was talking about going to buy sex. And it the hearing the free market of sex really was disgusting to me, because he was talking about women very much as if they were products, right? Like, Oh, I can go. Yeah, there was a blonde and like it was just so dehumanizing. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And I think also, um, you know, it's a lot of the women there aren't actually from the Netherlands. Right. They come from other countries to make money there to send back because you can make a lot of money. So there's this idea of are they really, uh, you know, free? Are they really making this decision rationally and that kind of thing? And that's that's you know, those are the concerns I have, but those are the, and so those are the concerns many people have. But on the flip side, when it's illegal, all of those still exist. There's sex trap, like London, Ontario is one of the biggest like hubs for sex trafficking in North America or something. Um, you have pimps who are controlling these women and, and cause they need protection. They don't have protection. They can't get legal protection. So they need some illegal protection, right? It's like right, anything right. Uh, you need the, the mob to protect you. Um, and so all of the problems that exist in a legal system also exist in an illegal system. It's just not as obvious. It, 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 we don't have to think about it um, so it feels better. But all of the problems that I see in the legal system exist here anyways. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I have a bit of a I, I, I don't know what to make of the term human trafficking anymore. Right. Because it's used 
so loosely. It's kind of like mm. uh, genocide, right? Where people like Faith Goldie might say not mating with uh, uh, another with a white woman is tantamount to white genocide because yeah. or, or something like that, right? And yeah. you, quite often human trafficking is used in the same way. It's like um, it, all it means is someone's decided to prostitute themselves or, or they're, they're using the services of a pimp or something like that, right? Mm. Uh, which is kind of... Uh, a far cry from someone being kidnapped and, and literally sold, sold right? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I, I'm a little skeptical of those claims, but mm. you're right. So, so maybe we can talk a little bit about what, so, so you see this kind of seedy underbelly, right? So this is vice. It's ugly. I, I share your taste with seeing women used as sex objects, right? Um, and and it also reduces men to essentially resource to objects. Now, at some yeah. level, I guess you could say that that is how all relationships are composed, right? That's kind of evolutionary biology and psychology is that um, women need to look at men as resource objects because they're going to essentially be, be disabled with childbirth and child rearing for, uh, you know, nine months to a couple of years or something like that. And yeah. they need someone they can rely on to bring resources into them. And, uh, you know, on the flip side, a man wants to uh, to spread his genes. And uh, and and, you know, so he, he looks for um, for signs of reproductive health. Right. Curvy body, long hair, all those signs of health. Um, and, and so you could say that almost every uh, relationship at its basis is that a sex object and a resource object. It's, uh, it's crass. It's not a way I like to look at my relationship with my wife. Um, and it, you know, it's heartless and soulless. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's probably why we don't like prostitution is that it just gets rid of all this other stuff, the love, the connection, the commitment, um, the things I think that, that that prop up Western civilization in many ways and uh, and just reduce it to a, a hard and fast transaction of one object and another object basically bumping uh, in the night. And that's it. Yeah. Right? And, and we we don't want that. And and so, you know, I think it's worth talking about why sex work and vice gets better uh, in a libertarian society then. Right. So on the first the, the first thing it's, it's, it's very similar to drugs, yeah. right? You know, drug abuse is, is degrading. It degrades your soul. It degrades your body, degrades your spirit. Um, and it gets worse under prohibition and, and, uh, sex work is the same way, right? So, so these sex workers have to go into back alleys or, uh, into the shadows basically where they're not offered protection, where there's no, hope or light at the end of the tunnel where they engage in this kind of spiraling downwards. Right. And, and it mm. would be much better if they could, you know, Walter Block wrote a great book called defending the undefendables. And in it, and he just went down the list of every, every person that society hates and reviles and made a case for why they're and defended them. Right. So like the slum Lord was one of them. And, um, uh, you know, uh, the pimp was another one. And he basically made the case that, look, that this person is acting as an agent, going out there and getting business that their client uh, otherwise wouldn't get, sometimes securing housing, offering protection, doing all these yeah. things. Now, it's a black market. So 
only the most nefarious characters fill this role. And so, of course, you get abusers and all this kind of thing. But wouldn't it be great if these people had access to uh, to agents that maybe owned a brothel, that a safe place? You know, mm. what you see happening in Nevada with uh, prostitution, where there's, uh, you know, where they're testing for STDs and doing all these kinds of things to keep the women safe. Uh, that seems like a much better avenue. And then, and then the last thing I would say is that, you know, we had talked, I think, in one episode about how how community changes in a libertarian society, right? Where the yeah. government isn't providing that safety net, where you have to rely on each other and your neighbors, and everything is much more tight, uh, close-knit, mm. collaborative in the community because you you have to rely on each other rather than the soulless bureaucracy. And, and so I think that type of connection decreases vice, right? You yeah. know, uh, Johan Harari or is it Hari? I can't remember. He, he basically, uh, wrote a book about, about the drug war and, and a drug addiction. And he says, you know, addiction is a disease of connection. And it's, yeah. it's from lack of connection. And I think, quite frankly, while prostitution is obviously that, right? Like if a guy's looking for a prostitute, it's because he can't find a way to connect with a woman um, yeah. and, and, you know, have a free exchange of love, right? And, and so I think that closer-knit communities and connection um, reduces vice. Listeners of this podcast get a risk-free two-week trial with Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path. Check it out, guys. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the Warrior Path, and I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David. <laughs> I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing, and I had to come back to the floor, kick in doors, hump hose, fight fire, and I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I've, I've never felt better to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it was, it was a really slick application. Actually, I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I, I put on, I think about 50% on all my personal records in about a two month period. Uh, working with the warrior path. Yeah, and I think you also, like there are trends when you can kind of see someone following that path. And, and if you have an actual connection to your neighbors, to your community, you, you'd want to, you know, follow up with them and, 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 and see about that. The other thing, you know, is this idea that like strippers are legal, porn is legal, but prostitution's not. And it's like, right. so, so women can get paid to have sex, but only by people watching them have sex, not by people actually having the sex with them, which just seems completely arbitrary and silly to me right, right, as well. Right. Um, but it's, this is just, you know, it's, a, it's one of the, similar with drugs, it's one of the fundamental politically incorrect things that is still from the religious right, right? It's morally wrong. It's, it's morally against, uh, you know, we morally oppose it. So you should never be able to do it because I think it's bad for your soul, right? right. And, and it's, it's amazing to me that, these types of issues aren't what the left wing is talking about more. 
right? These are the things that actually should be pushed for in, in by an actual by anyone who calls himself a liberal, in my opinion. Um, well, it, but they they take it um, even further the other way, right? It's like uh, you know the cathedral of the left is the dogma there is that unless you are getting money for sex and spreading your legs for every Tom, Dick, and Harry, uh, or Harry, Dick, Tom, I don't know, <laughs> uh, that comes along, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're no good, right? Like you're not yeah. enlightened or something like that. So, um, you know, it, it's, yeah. they're kind of two extremes here, but. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I think from the, from a non-libertarian point of view as well, it's, um, you know, have them be a business owner, have them make legal income so we can tax it, right? That's a that's another, right. it's not a libertarian argument, but it's an argument for legalization of it, right? Because um, the other thing is also, think of all of the other skills they'd learn as a business owner, right? I when right. It was recently in Netherlands that they could finally um, actually register as a sole proprietor of a business as a prostitute and things like mm -hmm. that. So that's like uh, uh, an, an additional thing they only got recently, but I think it provides huge value because like that is the other thing. Um, you know, pimps are good businessmen, right? Like theoretically, if they, they need to manage their money, they need to manage their business, their clients, their their uh, custom, their their workers, right? Um, but you could create a, an ecosystem where if other things are taken care of, protection, housing, you can do it in the light of day and this kind of thing, then the the women uh, you know, on average, women doing it um, can learn those other skills as well. And and it also makes it easier for them to get out of it. Because right now, if you're it's a it's a certain lifestyle, right? Like you if you're a prostitute, you're probably a prostitute for a very long time, if not forever, because those are the circles you will be in. Right. Um, like, I mean, I'll be honest, if I hear someone's a prostitute, I'm not necessarily going to invite them to my home. I have I have prejudgments about why they're a prostitute. Am I going to be friends with them and all these other things? It's so stigmatized that it's right. hard to get over. In addition to the fact that it is very hard for them to get out of it generally, if they just happen to be, you know, I need to pay for college. I was a prostitute for two years. Uh, I regret it or whatever. And then, and it's just right. a, it's a fact. Like I know people who sold drugs for a couple of years and, and I'm like, okay, all right. So, and, and you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to say also we have double standards a little bit when it comes to prostitutes. You know, I just thought of this too. Like um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Vin Armani is a, a male prostitute. He, he was in that show on Showtime called uh, Gigolos. Um, and it follows uh a group of uh, male gigolos, uh, that yeah. cowboys and angels in, in um, Vegas. And, uh, and, you know, he's a very educated guy. Someone uh, you, I would have no hesitation inviting any of those guys over for dinner. Um, but on the flip side, there's, I, I have some block or thing when it comes to female prostitutes. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, I guess, a double standard, you know, where, where, girls are you know promiscuous girls are, are frowned upon and promiscuous guys are kind of lauded or praised or like fist bumped mm. or something yeah. like that right um so I, I guess i have to admit that in myself maybe there's a, a a reason why we have that double standard maybe it's fair to have that double standard um yeah it's a but, fundamental double standard across every realm of sex right, right? From, but, from I, the... I, but i will say this when it comes to my kids and i have two two boys and two girls um, I, 
I, I think of casual sex equally disdainfully when it, I think of e- any of my kids engaging yeah. in casual sex, right? I, I just, yeah. I, I think it's bad for them. I, I think it, and it I, ought I to would be assume you discourage them all. Yes, yeah. Like, from being prostitutes. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, this drives me nuts, too, about some libertarians. I, I mentioned that somewhere. And someone berated me because, well, you would be disappointed in your daughter if she became a prostitute. What's wrong with you? What kind of libertarian are you? You know, I did sex work and I don't think there's anything wrong with me. And I'm like, well, you know, and why would you be disappointed in your daughter? So then I had to explain to her uh, why I thought sex work wouldn't be good. Right. And why I thought what why, you know, I thought she would be happier and more content um, if she were in a committed long term relationship with children than than if she were out spreading her legs for every Tom, Dick and Harry uh, yeah. making money like to, I just I can't wrap my head around why someone would think that that would be a better life or yeah. an equally good life. Um, you yeah. Know, and but. on that note, like, you know, in, in the ecosystem I grew up in, it was very much seen as fine, more fine for me to be promiscuous than my sister, right? But I've exper- I've directly experienced and been very aware of the impacts my pr- promiscuity had on my well-being, my mental health yeah. and these kinds of things. And so I agree with you. I would definitely not, inc- like, young men are encouraged to right now. And the shift we're seeing is young women being encouraged to more. Right. Right. Like, oh, everyone should be a slut. Well, it's like, no, I don't just because men, it was acceptable for men to be sluts and and less so women. That doesn't mean women should be right. I think I think we're definitely shifting. Like you said, that left wing mindset is definitely shifting to free flow of love, quote unquote, love. Right. Right. And and all this other stuff. But it's hugely detrimental to society, to individual relationships and to individuals well-being. Um, Right. And so I think. You know, when it comes to prostitution as well, like I, I think, like I said at the start, I do think it's morally wrong. I just don't think I should force people Absolutely, to, have, yeah. to agree to my morals. <laughs> as morally wrong as you think it is to uh, to sell what you can give away for free, um, <laughs> it's, it's far more reprehensible to point guns at people and tell them that they can't sell what they could give away for free, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know, at the end of the day is is selling it that much worse than just being promiscuous right um Mm -hmm. you know i I don't think being like freely promiscuous you know i look at and um, there's there's so uh, many ways around it too like sugar daddies right like like there are there are and sugar mamas that like you know they're 30 40 years older you get whatever you want bought for you and you sleep with them right like these relationships exist everything exists except the safety for yeah. the people explicitly engaging in it. And and it's on a continuum too, right? Like you you will see a, a married couple where it's obvious that the guy has money and you know uh, or he wouldn't have attracted that type of woman, right? Um is that prostitution in a sense? I guess it kind of is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know uh, it, and it's tricky. You know, but I I have seen how how permit promiscuity hurts males as well, right? So yeah. you know, and the, obviously I'm a firefighter and you know that there's no shortage of uh, of of women interested in firemen, men in uniform, right? And especially post 9/11, uh, you know, Doug Stanhope has a bit about all that all that fire fire hero pussy or something like that getting thrown yeah. at you constantly. There's a, 
an element of truth to that. And there are some guys I see that now after two decades of, of just being able to be a promiscuous bulls, basically their, their lives are dismal. Like they, they yeah. have no committed relationship. They have no kids. They they've got like, uh, you know, uh, a resume of conquests, but that's it. Meaningless. And, yeah. and now they're, they're like living this empty life. Right. And so, so, you know, when I think about, promiscuity I, I and and my sons I don't want them living that kind of life either I want them finding a girl and and saving sex for that person that they're gonna that they think they're gonna be committed to for their life and and to not waste the women's time either during their most fertile years right like get enter take dating seriously um, you know casual dating is is not something is not something you should do you know, yeah. you should be dating with the the idea of a long term commitment in mind because uh, I've just seen what how devastating it is to treat relationships so casually. Yeah, and I think we'll have to get into this more on another episode because really, yeah. like the the infra the 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 discourse around sex and all of that stuff is so messed up, right? It's an overcorrection from the the austerity of the religious, you know, early 90s or whatever, or earlier, right? Um, it's it's a complete, you know, pendulum swing to an overreaction, um, what, since the 60s. Um, and it's just absolutely horrendous, in my opinion. And this idea that, yeah, like that your mentality is like, you're an old fogey, like, how, how are you such, like, like, it's such a bad mindset to have that. And, and people should explore, experiment, have sex with a bunch of people in college. All yeah. that stuff. I live that lifestyle. It's meaningless. It's useless, and it detriments your mental health. I can say that with full uh, uh, certainty. Um, mm. So I, I will be interested to get into that uh, more another time. The one thing I want to just add as well, with regards to prostitution and discourse generally, when it's legal, you can actually have the conversations more properly, right? right. Um, you know, you can actually, I can have prostitutes come out of the shadows and talk to me about why they became prostitutes, the benefits of it, the detriments mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. how they fell into that lifestyle and, and have it be acceptable, have them being willing to show their face publicly and, and, and be an advocate for or against and all of these other things. We can actually start to, only by legalizing it and having it come into the open, can we start to change the environment that led to it in the first place, which I think Absolutely. is so important. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great way of summing up um, the topic. Mm -hmm.